What's up, Warriors? Welcome back. My name is Rob Wong. And I'm Scott Pagliaccio. Good to be here, man. Good to see you, Rob. Super yeah. excited about today and what we're about to dive into, man. I think it's a great topic. I think it's really relevant. And I think a lot of people experience what we're going to chat about today. Fuck yeah. I mean, yep. yeah. I, like I had, a, I had a person reach out for their son who is going into college at UCLA. And they're like, they're a really smart kid. Um, and like, I know that they have a lot of potential, but this kid is like paralyzed by anxiety. Like he doesn't feel like, like he can jump onto a phone call or a zoom call. And so I wanted to do an episode on like that. How do we address anxiety? And, and I, I think we can set the stage here. Cause I think Scott, you've mentioned that like, you don't really experience that uh, much anymore. Yeah. 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 Not, not a whole lot. Not, um, I think the most anxious I'll feel, I mean, of course I do. Um, it, it's around men, you know, like um, maybe like somebody I perceive to be more powerful than me, like a businessman. Um, I remember, I'll give you an example. I remember when I first moved to Buffalo and I was considering like coaching and um, starting a men's group. And I've felt the most intimidated and the most anxious around men who are more monetarily successful than me. And I had a story, I had a limiting self-belief that I couldn't coach a man who ran a seven-figure business and they were somehow better than me. And so I created this narrative that would then have me anxious, you know, feeling that anxiety around them that I realized I created that. Like I created that inside of myself. And so the first person I met when I got here, not the first person, but the first man who I met was the guy who ran a seven-figure company and super successful. Turns out I ended up coaching him and it wasn't around business. It was around relationships. It was around intimate partnerships. So, um, yeah, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is until I recognized that I was creating my feelings via my thoughts, um, I, I wasn't, and then having the actual experience of being with a man who was highly um, monetarily successful and then recognize, and he was just a man. It's like dating. You see a woman and she's gorgeous and you think she's out of my league. It was the same thing. It was the same thing. He's out of my league. I couldn't hang with him. I have nothing to contribute or he's better than me, whatever it was. Um, and that's bullshit. All of it's bullshit. Uh, limiting self-belief. And it's a, a story that I created in my own mind that then created these unfucking comfortable feelings that we call anxiety. Uh, and until I addressed it, until I faced it, until I met a man, got to know him, and then coached him, I was like, oh, <laughs> that was not as fucking hard as I made it out to be. Yeah, I think that raises a good point around like how you can tell that you were having an anxiety response. And I, I noticed this for me. Uh, when you create this illusory reality and like suddenly you get evidence that like, whoa, that's not, that's not actually true. <laughs> what, have, yeah. what have I been doing? Yeah. Um, but I want to, I want to echo that. I feel like that comes up for me in a variety of situations and I'm actually feeling like the opposite end of the spectrum where the anxiety like really, really impacted me for a very long time and I can still feel strong echoes of it. Um, but for me, it shows up, and, and if you're listening right now, you can look for yourself inside of this. Is this something that I go through? When you're about to talk to someone new, it's a sense of like, 
it, it might as well be stepping off of a cliff for how bad that feels. It's like there's danger and risk here. I might fucking die. And I've noticed for myself, like even earlier today, there was like a cute girl at a cafe. Well, I couldn't come up with anything to say to her in the moment. Like my brain just shut down. And mm. if you're going through any of those things, like, well, probably, probably you're going through your fight or flight or freeze response which is why you want to run away, which is why you shut down, which is why maybe you're getting into a bar fight with someone that you just met. I don't, that's not relevant right now. But <laughs> so yeah. those are the three responses it can go to, and it usually is flight or freeze when it comes to social anxiety. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's something that I've worked on for a really long time. So I think, and I help people with that as well inside of my coaching practice. And um, it, it, that's so hardwired in us that, um, that response, like, even though we know we're not going to be eaten by a saber toothed tiger, or, you know, this woman isn't going to, you know, kill us or whatever, whatever the case <laughs> may be, you know, I hope not. that's been, actually, you never know, because I've, I've uh, went out on, on a couple of dates, and I've, all, I've gotten the question, like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna murder me, are you? You're not gonna take because my ask was like let's go trail running and i just met her and i didn't think I, it doesn't cross my mind when it comes to like women having a different experience when dating for the first time like i don't ever think i'm gonna be if so if she asked me to go out on a trail run i wouldn't be like freaked out like thinking she's gonna take me out in the on this trail and like kill me but women <laughs> think this shit, man and it's it's crazy like and it's not really crazy it's not but crazy. it's it's not cra actually it's not crazy at all um i don't experience those things as a man i've never lived inside of a woman's body but when i when i think about it it makes sense that a woman would feel anxious or uncomfortable being asked out on a first date you know by a guy that she doesn't know to go trail running that is sketchy like to them and so they feel something in their body like that's until I know this person, it's not okay. And I don't know if this is speaking to what you talked about, man. I'm sure you can loop it back or tie it in or bridge it or... Yeah, I was uh, I was thinking spiders because it's like, oh, well, I, I'm terrified of spiders. Well, they're afraid of you too. So that's... Yeah, super well, yeah. afraid of spiders. <laughs> I'm going to extend this tangent a little bit because I think it's relevant. Like if you're listening to this podcast, there's probably a good chance that you're interested in getting better at dating. And uh, yeah, women, I think... The, the primary killer of women is like men like and like something like 20 to 30 percent of women have been in a situation where they like might have gotten kidnapped or something like that like there was an actual risk mm. i think in san diego there was like a documented case of some woman running and then two dudes picked her up and threw her into a trunk and drove off and they never mm. heard from her again mm. so like when you're smaller and physically less strong than that your counterparts like every single time they go out onto a date there's a there's a real risk so th there's a real anxiety that comes along with it sure. um but but i think to make this relevant again back to the social anxiety one of the reasons why it can be useful to deal with that anxiety is because if both people show up with anxiety it's just a shit show it's like an echo chamber and then both people get more and more tense until it turns into a bad situation so maybe then we can move into like okay if the listener right now is dealing with this um, how do they begin to address anxiety? Mm. Um, and I think, I think 
from what I'm hearing, you have a lot of experience with this. So I'd like to hear like a beginner's approach. Like how would you recommend someone begin to quell that response? I think if it's in the context of a date, I, I would actually just own how I felt. I would own my experience and let the other person know. Because my story about the other person is they're probably feeling something similar, maybe not as um, activated as me or as anxious. And when I'm vulnerable, when I speak my truth and I let them know, like, this is what's, this is my heart. I'm not in my head. Maybe I am a little bit. Maybe that's why I am anxious and I'm not in my heart. But as I go from being in my head and feeling this anxiety, you know, making up stories and I start to come down and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm hey, um, Sally, I'm a little bit nervous right now. And um, I just wanted to own that with you. You know, my heart, I feel my heart beating kind of fast. It, and that's kind of a beginner step. And I think vulnerability is a superpower, especially for men. Uh, it has been for me. So I just, just owning it. I've done this multiple times in the gym, asking women out wherever it is like, Hey, I saw you from across the room. I think you're really cute. I feel my heart beating out of my chest. I wanted to introduce myself and the other person can say, I believe, especially women are, you know, their spidey senses are coming online and they can sense and feel that you're being authentic or you're not. So whatever's coming up for you in the present moment, I would say lead with that rather than some stupid fucking line like, um, hey, what do you think of this weather? Like, because then that, you know, it's predicated on a lie. Like you're not really wanting to ask her about yeah. the weather. You really are anxious. And so I believe being in your heart and, and offering your truth is sexy and, it's the truth. It's honest. It's it's where you're at in the present moment. So, for the listener who is looking to feel that, and that's that's going to be challenging. Um, and I think it's a good first step. You know, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd actually even forgotten that that was a thing. I used to recommend that too, and it's it's a big deal. I, I used to do that coming into interactions, and and the benefit here to like support Scott's case is that when when you start naming what you're feeling that gives room for that emotion to kind of start leaving your system so you might start off like oh well i feel nervous but as soon as the other person's okay with that if they stick around in the interaction they're down for that um then that feeling begins to vanish and then you aren't nervous anymore but i remember the one thing that i used to run into before i started going the down the path of vulnerability was like man she's just going to judge the shit out of me like she's going to be less attractive <laughs> that's not alpha and I, I was so obsessed with being like this dominant broly bro that like it got in the way of me getting dates and that's like the least dominant thing that you could ever do it's like so don't don't get caught up on what you think you should be doing uh so much as like just getting your truth out there, I think, is kind of the important part. Because ultimately, to, to echo what Scott's saying, like, I want to present the most real version of me so this person can have good data about whether or not they think that we're going to be a fit. And then they can say yes or no. And if they think yes, then they're interested in the most authentic version of me that I have to present. I will never have to pretend to be someone else um, ever again. I can just be me, and this person will be naturally attracted to me. And so, I, for me, that's what I want. I don't want a relationship where I'm constantly trying to keep up an image or a facade, pretending to be someone that I'm not. Um, 
that takes so much work. I'd rather just exist than this have this person be more and more attracted to me. So, yeah, it it can feel I think still like a challenging thing. I guess I want to throw in here this, and this will be my last piece before I pass it back over to you, man. But like, mm-hmm. one thing that I found helpful was I'll just start saying something, like "Hey," and then as soon as I force myself to say that. I have to follow up with the rest because you can't just leave a sentence off with a hey <laughs> and, and, and then just go. Like it's way more awkward to just say hey and then leave than it is to say hey and whatever it's whatever is going on in your head and just say that. Um, so th- that's been that was my beginner hack. And I, I think I might even just start doing that again because I, I usually meet people inside of other contexts. I don't approach people at bars and cafes and on the street, but it would be cool. That would open up a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great practice to start just everywhere, everywhere I go, I'm just meeting people, looking at them, smiling, whatever, frolicking. I'll be, I skip down the street. (laughs) I frolic, dude. I love the frolic. The frolic is great. I like the frolic. I like the lollygag. I like the gallivanting. I like it all, man. That's how I meet people. I like the gym, you know? Yeah. It's like a Seinfeld episode, right? (laughs) Who doesn't love a good gallivant or a lollygag combined? (laughs) <laughs> like, but, and I'm curious about in the context of how we started the conversation with this young man, um, who's going to UCLA, like what was his, I'm curious, I'm curious about him and what he was like, what was his anxiety around? Um, was it just going to school, um, and being on his own or like, I'm really curious. You know, I I didn't get too clear on the details because he was dealing with so much anxiety that his mom was the one reaching out to me. Um, Mm. But I I think it's just a general sense of like not like being afraid of people. And 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 I I recognize that that's not something that a lot of people identify with, especially men, because it feels really weak. And Mm. when I spotted that in myself, like, fuck, why am I reacting to people this way? It's like I avoid crowds. I don't want to spend a, a lot of time with people because they'll see me for what I really am if they spend mm-hmm. too much time with me. Um, but then I put all the details together and it's like I am behaving like someone who is terrified of people. Fuck, I guess I am afraid of people. And I suspect that he was going through probably a really severe example of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, but, I, but I also wanted to, I, I wanted to take it back to something you said earlier because that's reminding me of a little detail that I've been starting to do that's mm. coming more naturally, uh, that's making a difference. And that's, um, I'm giving myself permission to be happy when I'm approaching women. And, and before, it was like, I gotta be this stoic dude. Like, <laughs> you know, I gotta have like this, like either serious face or like kind of like a like a tough guy look on my face when I approach because that's more masculine or so I thought but lately I've been giving myself permission to like if I feel like something is funny or I feel just happy without any reason I just smile and then she'll smile back and then there'll be like chemistry and connection it's like it disarms the whole interaction so what you even though what you said like we took like one or two seconds to talk about that smile I think it's really important. Like, I, I used to have this friend where, like, he'd just walk down the street and I'd see, like, hot women smiling at him. And it's just like, you haven't even been to this city before. Like, how is this fucking <laughs> happening? <laughs> and yeah, then, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it was absurd. I just couldn't figure it out. And he was like, have you tried smiling at them? And he was like, no. 
Okay. That's, yeah, what a simple practice, right? Like, yeah, I, I would think women would be more turned off by a stoic and like, kind of like, yeah, like, wow, who, it's kind of like a yawn, you know, it's contagious. And I've noticed that people are more um, open when I'm, and I, I was practicing it today. I was on the treadmill running around like I was a, like a 12 year old boy, man, <laughs> smiling. I'm singing. I got my headphones on. I'm I, like literally, but that's how I felt, Rob. Like I just, I, I watched people a lot in all different kind of contexts, man. And I'm, I don't notice a ton of people in, in, I don't notice a ton of people smiling, and especially in the gym. Everybody's got their earbuds on and they're really kind of, not engaged and i had a woman come up to me today and it was beautiful man i walked up to her and uh i, I looked at her and i said hey I, she was using a piece of equipment and i you know i again i don't want to be you know alarming because i was coming from the periphery so i walked up to her and i kind of was like hey looked her in the eye kind of smiled at her and you know she smiled back so i what you're talking about it works immediately man like if i had this like grumpy look on my face she'd be like i'm imagining she'd be like fuck you and I practice this with men too, man. Like, really, I think men have this stoic kind of like uh, in, in the gym for sure. Dudes yeah, we're, are we're like, taught that, yeah, yeah, man. Like, hey, fucking, I'm, I'm, you know, Joey Beefhead or whatever. And I look for men like that in the gym. And in, in, it's not a, just a practice of going up to women, man. I, for me, it is talking to men. And I run men's groups and I coach men. And it's like we, I think like letting the armor down and taking the mask off and like dude it's cool to talk to other dudes man especially in the gym or wherever man like i notice a lot of time times when i approach men in groups and i'm like the outsider like it feels terrifying it, it does feel a little bit terrifying but then i know i know who i am and i just walk up and i just start to honestly and with authenticity engage with them and i get curious about them i'm not coming in like Hey man, look at me. It's like, Hey, I start asking them questions and it immediately disarms them They're because they are genuinely interested in sharing about their lives. I remember I walked, I was with a group of young men and we stopped at this outdoor cafe to get water. And when I walked up, there was a bunch of younger professionals there and I had to walk in the middle of them and they were all these super handsome, tall, you know, beautiful men. And I'm like walking in the middle in my initial, re you know, kind of reaction was, you know, wow. Like, and then I was like, wow, like these guys are handsome and they're young. And, you know, I, I feel a little bit, whatever, like maybe less than or not as tall. And I'm like, no, but I'm me. And I'm like, I'm enough. And they're not better than, or there's not, we're equal here. And so I just walked in in the middle of them and introduced myself and said hello and got curious about who they were, what they were doing, what their jobs were. And they immediately just opened up and shared from their hearts. But I had to take the lead there. And um, I don't know what the fuck my point was, Rob. I got, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on right now. Like, what the fuck are we? How come we always end up talking about dating, man? We always dating do. Is fun. Dating is, is so fun. relevant. You it is so off. It is. It's great. I love it. I love. I love women. I love it. Yeah. Let me, let me let me let me tie let me let me tie that all back. <laughs> so, so we're obviously talking about anxiety here, and and part of this is that, like, there's so much benefit 
from being able to take a step through it. Like Scott is one of the people that I like I can consistently count on to just like out of the blue tell me that he's randomly landed some new business opportunity. And be like, "What the fuck, dude? You're not even you're not even doing marketing." And he's doing it by just randomly having conversations with people. And he's not fishing for these things. They just arise because he's interested and curious about people. Um, and so one of the things that he mentioned earlier that I think is really useful is he, he genuinely embodies joy. So we were kind of joking when we were talking about the lollygagging and frolicking, but really he's Seriously. there and he's feeling that inside and he's expressing it. And so a piece of getting through anxiety is can I learn to channel that joy? What brings me that joy? Do I have a practice that gets me into joy consistently? And when your joy, it's so much easier for people to accept you as you are because you're at your highest vibe, right? Um, like how, how good would it feel if like a happy woman came up to you and just started asking you questions about yourself? Like that's the kind of energy you want, even if it's just some random old couple and they're just interested in you. Uh, don't we all spend our lives waiting for that one stranger to come over? Like it's like a movie moment. And if you can be the one creating that, that's all the power. And a piece of this is recognizing that you are that person to other people. They're not, they're not going to treat you like some weird fucking outsider. If you're coming in with like genuine happiness, curiosity and enthusiasm about your own life. And so what I want to break down here is that, a lot of this is simply about learning to shift your emotional state. Then you can begin mm -hmm. taking the risks that you need to take to shatter the illusion of people are dangerous. You give your brain enough data and then you become like Scott and he's just, he's ready to take the risk, even though he kind of feels a little bit of a sting because mm -hmm. he's done it so many times that he knows it's going to be okay. Same as going to the gym. He knows he's going to get results. Um, so, but it doesn't have to start off big. Um, mm -hmm. you could just start off waving at people or saying hi. Um, mm. And that's, that's good enough. You, you build up from there. I agree with you, Rob. It is. It's like going to the gym. You're building a muscle. So starting, like, just moving into action is, the, is a big part. And I'm really, 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 really realizing that. And I, I have actually today in a big way, like, just taking action on on things that I wanted to manifest. And then the, just then everything starts to open up. Like the door, the door started like yesterday, not yesterday, but a couple of, a couple of days ago, or it's actually been for months. Now that I think about it, I've been wanting to do a Spartan race and I just think about it, never moved into action around it. Just kept thinking about it. Been telling myself, you know, haven't been consistent with my workouts been hit or miss, not feeling it. I knew that there was something missing and I, you know, I didn't feel good. You know, I did feel anxious. I was like, something's off here. I'm not doing what I normally do. And then yesterday I was like, I'm taking action. I got online and I ordered, I wanted to go to a destination too. I did not want to do it in Buffalo in January. So I was looking online and I, and, and I was thinking, oh man, then I got to worry about plane tickets and airfare and, you know, taking vacation time. I was almost holding myself back from this experience, which was creating more anxiety. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to take action. I got online. I ordered. I found a place that I wanted to go with a race that I wanted to do. It's in Southern California. 
and then I was like, you know what? I, I want to find somebody to do it with me. And I got on Instagram and I posted what I posted. Somebody I knew who was in Southern California said, I'd love to do it with you. Um, and I asked her, would you host me? She said, yes. I was like, I'll rent a car and drive you. She's like, no, you don't have to. I'll pick you up. You can stay at my place. And so as I moved into action, it, you know, all I, I, I have a saying when you go out, I don't think it's my saying, but when you go out on the way, the way appears. So when you start to take action around your anxiety and starting to take little steps towards, you know, whether it's with people or social circumstances, whatever it is, as you start to take a little action, you realize that it's not as, it's really not as bad. I, I realize it isn't as bad as I thought it would be. It's actually awesome because yeah, I'm connected. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like worse being in anticipation of like, oh, I got to do this thing. Just do the thing and it won't feel bad. You're just in the middle of it. You're writing it out. I 100% yeah. agree. Yeah. Starting this business, I'm starting, a, you know, this men's group. And like, I, it's been two years. I started doing it as a, just a service to the community. And then it went to, you know, I did a, a donation base. And now it's a full-fledged fucking business, man, where we got merch coming. We're doing events men are showing up man like it's like holy shit and i have help too man like i have help like honestly i'm and i'm not this is not like some shameless self-promotion get a fucking coach man don't sit in don't sit around in your anxiety and in your shame pile in 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 isolation that's the whole thing about this the purpose of this men's group is as a man, I've noticed that I would just stay in isolation around things and I and try to lone wolf it, man. And I, I, I never got shit done. And when, I, when I'm in a community of really great men that are growing, that are really playing full on, like, holy shit, man. And I do, I get coaches and it's not just men, it's women too. I, I get coached by men, I got, I've been coached by you. It just opens up more possibility, man, and perspective and accountability. I just don't think that I can get shit done on my own the way that I can in relationship. Yeah, let me let me throw some perspective out for you who's listening right now because you might not know the full story here, but Scott was nearly homeless um, yep. a couple of times. And so he's not talking out of his ass. He's talking from the perspective of someone who's built himself up from that point to being an entrepreneur. Uh, you go from having nothing to all of a sudden being in command of your own destiny. And I want to echo that. Um, I've gotten my way onto the TEDx stage. Uh, I've launched a nonprofit from nothing, not knowing anything about that. Yeah. Uh, I've built a business as a coach. I've gotten financially independent. And it's the same, it's actually the same process. Anytime that you see someone who's on the other side, like they've done something huge that looks insurmountable to you, it looks impossible. How the hell did they get there? because it's locked behind a fear wall that's so high you couldn't see any possible way through. They got there by taking random stabs in the dark. They just feel it out. What, what could the next step be? I guess it's this. Did it work? I don't know. Well, let's reevaluate. <laughs> and you do that over and over and over again. And, and a piece of that is what Scott's saying. You, you throw your hat over the wall. And I, I'm going to tell you the story on this because I, I love it. It sticks yeah. in my head. And so there are these boys that are walking around and they see this wall that's too high for them to climb. Um, 
but they're they're up for the challenge. They're like, okay, well, you know, normally I wouldn't do this, but one of the boys takes his hat off and throws it over the gate, over the wall, and so now they have to figure out a way to get to that hat, right? And so you kind of have to put a little skin in the game in order to take that risk. You incentivize yourself to to actually confront the thing that you didn't want to do. That's a piece of it. The other piece is. Can I learn to quell the emotions and the impact from doing this? What if I fail? What if I just lose the hat? Can I mm. deal with the consequences of that failure in a way that will have me be willing to do it again, so they can take another stab in the dark and m- pull forward just a little bit, just a little bit, until when I finally look at my surroundings, I've left everyone so far behind me because I've taken all the risks that they wouldn't, that I've built up this amazing life, um, and that's that's really it. And you can use this as a roadmap for social anxiety too.、Mm. So all we're trying to do is get over that fear wall. We can lower the fear fear wall by dealing with the emotions, settling our nervous systems, and we can also just learn to become a yes to that fear. Both are effective, and it works even better if you can combine them. But one way or another,、uh, I think this is kind of the way to go here. But I'm curious about your thoughts, man. No, yeah, it, it, well, I'll, I'll. Tied into joy, like today, I was sitting here at my desk, and、um, you know, the men's group is going to launch in a couple of weeks, and I was just on my computer entering in names, phone numbers, and emails of the men who are registered, and I, I was like, it's tedious work that doesn't seem super fulfilling, but guess what? This is the dream. This is the fucking dream. I'm actually running a men's group in the city that I grew up in. As a fucked up, jammed up, addicted man, and now I've come back after 27 years, and I get to serve men in my community in a deep way. And it's like I fucking am so grateful that I am on my computer right now, typing in these men who trust, who are trusting me to guide them, to lead them. Holy shit! And like literally, man, my body just starts to, my heart starts to expand, and I'm like, it's the, you know, it, it's the journey, man. It's in the tedious little action steps that you make daily,、um, that that if if I can be present to that, rather than, I'm not a big fan of technology and computers. I, I could go down the wormhole of being anxious, like, oh my god, I got, I'm gonna avoid doing this. I gotta get on the computer. I'm actually getting better at it. And it's because I've had help from guys like you, Rob. You've helped me a great deal. Your, your patience, when our, you know, when we're doing a podcast and my fucking mic goes south, and I don't, I don't know how to, you know, check it on Zoom or whatever. Like in the guy that I'm working with now, big shout out to my man Mike in Dallas, man. He has been in helping me get like marketing materials for the men's group and just putting it together. Just so, just. I'm really enjoying the learning process. The, so the growth process is is really joyous for me, man. And it's uncomfortable, and it feels anxious. I feel anxious at times, and I keep going. Like、uh, it's the 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 difficult emotion is the path. When I pay attention to it, it's like okay, I'm going to move towards that. That's my edge. I'm going to go towards that a little bit. I'm going to go towards talking to that person a little bit. It doesn't have to be too much, so my nervous system is completely fucking discombobulated. It's just a little bit. I'm going to take a little action step. I'm going to smile at, like you said, smile at somebody today. Let's let's start there, and maybe the next time it's I'm going to smile and say hello. 
Um, and then maybe I'm going to smile, say hello, and I'm going to stop and ask the person their name um, or introduce myself. I mean, those are three really simple action steps if it's around social anxiety. And then, you know, it could be in different settings at a bar, in a restaurant, at a cafe, the person behind you in the line at the grocery store, you know, whatever it is. But I think starting with a smile is a pretty simple practice. That, that feels pretty safe to me in my body if I was super anxious, like smile, huh? Okay, I could do that. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that work. I've done it myself. It's very effective. And, and I, I, wanted, I wanted to double back because you touched on something that is, has been really important to me. This is a really meaningful thing that kind of got me through my whole, my whole, oh man, must have mm. been like 16, 16 years of just dealing with mental health issues, like mm. depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation. Like I, want, I definitely wanted to kill myself. There was wow. a time in my life where it was just, I would rather just drive off into the desert and, and disappear. Like I, I want people to forget about me. It'd be easier for that to happen. And the one thing that really helped was something that you mentioned. Sometimes we go through the hard times in our life so that when we find our way through out to the other side, we can open up the door for everyone else. Mm. And so if you're going through a hard time with your anxiety right now and you feel stuck and like, I, I cannot tolerate this. I hate myself for being weak or whatever it is your head is telling you right now. You remember that you're going to get through this. And when you do, you'll have the superpower, the ability to bring it back to the people who need it the most, the people who are suffering just like you, like Scott is doing right now. It's through our struggles, the ones that we choose to overcome, the ones that we stick it out. That's, that becomes the way that we set other people free. That's powerful, man. That's, and that's the truth. Like, yeah, don't just think about yourself. You know, there's, there's, I think that's when I feel the most depressed and the most anxious and the most off is when I'm only in my own head thinking about poor little me, like in the victim. And, and I feel like everybody has a victim inside of them. And then the, the warrior is the, is the guy that just, you know, or the girl that perseveres like through it, like, Hey man, yeah, I feel this way. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to get past this. Like I, I'm not going to stay stuck in my shame pile. I'm not going to stay stuck in this because ultimately I think it's me who is choosing to create my experience of either anxiety or, or joy. I don't believe that it's outside of me that the things, the things outside of me are causing me to feel the way that I do. I know, you know, that's how we grew up. I grew up, I was conditioned, brainwashed, and I subordinated to that understanding that, you know, my, my ex-wife or, you know, the day of the week or uh, whatever it was like outside in anxiety is coming from the outside. And that girl is causing me to feel this way. And my inability to talk to her is, has something other to do than me or something other to do than with myself. And I feel like when you're the warrior, you take radical responsibility for your life, for your, for your feelings, for your emotions, for, for your thoughts. And you start to move through it and you do, you get some help if you need help, if it's that bad or you hire someone or you talk to somebody, a friend, a good friend about it. Um, yeah, uh, you're, we are in control of our lives, man. We, life 
is happening for us. Like I, I believe, you know, we, we all have a victim in us. And then we move from that stage of victimhood to realizing, oh, I'm the hero. I'm the hero here. I'm the hero of my life. And life is happening for me. And then I think from that point, we go into like really like warriorship. It's like you author your life, that life is flowing through me and I am creating the experience of life moment by moment by moment. And that, you want to talk about joy, Rob. That's, you get to that fucking place. And it's a process, man. It's like, oh, I'm home, man. I am fucking home. I am unstoppable. I am going to feel those feelings, but I'm committed when that does happen. And I do get knocked the fuck down and I, my teeth are, you know, my mouth is bloody and I got teeth knocked out. I'm, I'm getting up and I'm going to keep going, man, because there's, there's just too much richness in life to be stuck in fear and anxiety. And I, I yeah, I'll just stop there. It's kind of a rant. I mean, <laughs> I think it's all, <laughs> it's all relevant and powerful. And, and I, I noticed in myself when I was, was growing through all of this, um, I got very stuck on making myself feel bad and wrong for having fear and other victim emotions come up. So I want to I wanna offer you, the listener, a little bit of compassion around this as well, especially if you're dealing with anxiety. Sure. I think my, my personal model, and this is not the truth, it's just my model of it, that helps me be nicer to myself, mm. is that, you know, I can't help the emotion that comes up if something happens. Like, if someone punches me in the face, I'm probably going to get mad. Mm-hmm. I can't control that initial reaction but I can control what happens after that. I can deal with the emotion that arises. I can not try to murder this fucker for punching me in the face. Um, and that's kind of the thing. I, there's compassion for the fact that, for me, yeah. hey, this emotion's coming up. That part's not my fault. And it's compassion for other people too. Hey, this person's freaking out, but they don't have control over that initial freak out. They yeah. will later on. What they do with that later on is where your work is. Um, but to echo Scott's point here, if I poke you and you fall down screaming and rolling around, it's not because I poked you. It's because there's a wound here that hasn't been healed. And so if you're having a very severe reaction to something very small, that might be something to look at. Like, man, what is going on there? Is this, where did that come from? And how do I, how do I heal that thing? So that when you get poked, you react to it like a normal poke. Uh, and I think that's our responsibility as men and warriors uh, to heal that and then come out the other side into joy. And that comes with time. Uh, and it's not, it's not a question of, hey, I'm only going to think positive thoughts. It's that I build myself a lifestyle and a practice that has joy be there regardless of what's happening to me. I am laughing because I am joy. Mm. Yeah, I, I love how you... How you... I love that you brought in being compassionate and kind yourself because that is also a super important practice that, yeah, you're going to experience all those feelings. You're human and you're, you're going to feel them. You're going to feel them all. And, and just being kind and being loving and being compassionate. I'm glad you brought that up because it, that has been part of my practice. And, and this is, it's, it's all a practice of becoming more self-aware and, and healing these wounds that we all carry. Um, I mean, I know I do. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. I love that you bring that. That because that's probably the 
the most important thing, not making yourself wrong for feeling the way you feel. Um, and then doing, doing the work around it to, wow, what can I do to, to make my experience more joyous? And that, I think for me, that's what I've noticed is the, the true practice of happiness or being joy is not when things are going your way because you just naturally exude that way of being. It's when somebody pokes you or somebody rejects you or your wife leaves you or your kids don't talk to you or whatever, you still keeping your heart open, not contracting and pulling away and being kind to yourself because, you know, we're all just flailing around trying to figure this thing called life out, man. <laughs> Who the fuck knows what this is all about? I certainly don't. It's fun. And, but, but the big takeaway for me in my life and in my experience is to not contract, not, you know, not respond or react to other people with anger and judgment. And although I'm, you know, I feel those things, it's just being, that's where the joy is found has been found for me is in the midst of people and circumstances that aren't that fucking joyous. Yeah. Yeah. I, how do you, okay. So th I think this is going to be important. How do okay. you, what do you do when you're like trying to not contract? How do you, how do you get there? Mm. Everything when we want to shut down and turn away from people and like fuck the world. What do you do instead? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I I've noticed a couple of times I remember, I lean forward, and I, I push my heart out and, and I smile. Like I remember this so many times, man. In I've been divorced a couple of times, and probably one of the most difficult things is that I'm challenged by is still after 12 years of divorce, um, not being in relationship to the mother of all three of my children. And it, it's just like, yeah, the practice is just to open to it, like, and feel it like, Oh, I feel that excruciating pain. And it's like, literally the practice for me has been to stick my heart out. And when that emotion comes through, I just feel it like, Oh fuck. It's it, or I'll cry. I'll feel it and cry. And I'll, I'll name it, feel it, hold it. A lot of times too, I'll have a conversation with that difficult emotion. Um, like you said, the practice of compassion and kindness. And that's a younger part of me or, and I just, hey, you're safe. It's okay. You were doing the best you could. I, and again, leaning into it, like literally leaning into it and feeling it and like, oh, let it, you know, I think it's Rumi who says like, don't wish your anguish or your pain away too quickly because it's it, something it's one of the most potent human seasonings ever and I'm paraphrasing and, and it has been for me man like feeling and being with the emotion rather than like numbing out numbing to it or distracting myself disassociating checking out has been the move. So for anybody out there who is wanting to know what I do, that's what I do. Lean into that emotion. Feel it. Yeah. I think that it's one of the most counterintuitive things that I've found to be effective. Um, I, I actually, I went and did an entire ceremony. I paid some guy like $300 to poison me with tree frog venom. <laughs> and so they'll go and they burn these little holes in your, on your shoulder with some incense. And then they put this little gray ball of literal poison 
onto those little burns. And so then they give you this little plastic bucket and your job is to be there while the poison runs through your system and makes you want to like throw up just mm. continuously. Yeah. And, and what, I, what I realized going through that ceremony, I, I got what I came for. I'm, I'm never going to do it again, but I got what I came <laughs> for. <laughs> and it's, it's a very similar lesson. It's what, when I was resisting throwing up, it was the worst fucking experience of my life. It's like I was just nauseated and I couldn't even keep my eyes open. And it's just like, ah. But then at a certain point, it was like, there is no point in me resisting. I'm just going to throw up again after I throw up. And so I'm going to do what my body needs. I'm going to throw up. And the minute that I gave in, it was like, oh, this isn't actually so bad. Like, it's like, oh, right. And, and I want to draw the analogy to emotions. As men, we're not supposed to cry. We're not supposed to be afraid. But consider that the more you resist those emotions, the more they just kind of build up inside of you, the more effort you have to spend to try to tamp it down. And if you were just to allow yourself to be really sad or really scared for even just a few minutes, all that would pile out of you and then you would feel great you go back immediately to feeling good. And so that's what Scott's talking about right here. The most warrior thing you can do is face the thing that you're terrified of facing, whether that's what you're feeling or that's other people or some combination of the two, you face that shit. And you don't have to do it every single time. You don't always have to be pushing yourself to the limit. But when the chips are down and this is something you really care about, that's the way forward. Yeah, man. Drop the mic. That is the way forward, man. It's through, it's through the pain. Pay attention to it. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no other way. Yeah, I actually got nothing left to say here. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we close it out. If you got anything you want to pitch in, it's very welcome. And if not, we'll just we'll end here. Dude, I, no, I love it. I think that it's a really good place to stop at. Like, yeah, man. Like, just sit with that. Sit, you know, let the listener sit with that, like, feel it. That's, you know, that's it. As men, feel your feelings, feel them. It's okay. It's okay to cry. I'll give you permission. I give myself permission. Yeah, man. It's okay to cry. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to whatever the full range of human emotions. The reason men, I think, Rob, you can attest, maybe attest to this is, why men commit suicide more than because of the box, the narrow fucking man boy box that we were put into that tells us we're not supposed to, these emotions are okay. And these are not for a man. And I realized I had so many different addictive behaviors because I had to stuff my sensitivity. I had to stuff all these emotions. I had a, I had all this fucking pain. And now that I'm connected to my heart. You know, that's what the world needs and wants. That's what a woman wants from me. That's what my kids want from me. That's what other men want from me, whether they know it or not, you know, you know, um, and that's what, uh, that's what I want to model to the world. You want to know why I have feel joy? Cause I'm connected to my fucking heart. 
because I feel all the feelings and I feel them when they don't feel good. And I feel them when shit it sucks and when it's fucked up. I feel it when I'm gallivanting. I feel it when I'm fucking lollygagging. I feel it when I'm talking to the girl that's super hot. I feel it when I'm with my kids. I feel it with you right now. Like I'm going to feel it all. I'm the full range, man. That's as a human being, that's, I'm supposed to feel it all. Yo. Yeah, that's powerful. It's it's having me think of something that's recently kind of become my mantra. Like, you're here, right? You're here whether you want to be here or not. You're here as a human, and that means you're here for the full fucking human experience. And it's it's all of the drama. It's all of the chaos. It's the awful times. It's the success and the comeback and the thrill of achievement. You're here for it all. And you got to remember that. If you're going through the dark times, it's here to set you up for the massive, massive turnaround, right? It's the reason why we seek out like motorcycle riding or roller coasters or climbing the mountain. We're here for the aliveness. And you don't get the aliveness without that contrast. You cannot have a lifetime of just good experiences because eventually your brain will just make them into normal experiences. It's just, it's the air I breathe. I take it for granted. You're here for the contrast. And don't forget that. Lean into it. Live out your life. Be alive. That's why you're here. Fuck yes. That's all. I'm not saying. That's it. Right there. <laughs> Fuck yes. Thanks for that, Rob. Anytime, dude. Thanks for the inspiration. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you're listening right now, you got something out of this podcast. Be sure to subscribe or leave us a rating or a comment. We love hearing from you, and it helps us get the word out. Yeah, share this with somebody. If it, if it feels good for you, share this. Share it on social media. Share it with your friends, your family members. Share it with somebody who's anxious, man. Who doesn't know somebody in this day and age that isn't anxious, man? Maybe this will serve them. You, you know, um, this is your opportunity to pay it forward as, as the listener. Share the podcast to someone who you know in your life that might be experiencing anxiety. Hell yeah. And thanks for being here with us. Love you. And we'll catch you next episode. Peace.